0: Hi, everybody. Brian Davis here. It's Longhorn Confidential. Longhorn Confidential is brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. Well, the regular season is over. Texas is 7-5. and five. They have yet to know where they are going bowling, but that has not prevented Texas coach Tom Herman from organizing a serious coaching staff shuffle, Sort of an, an orange wedding, if you will, for you Game of Thrones fans. It was a big day Sunday. Todd Orlando, the defensive coordinator, uh, was dismissed along with outside receivers coach uh, Drew Marringer. Offensive coordinator Tim Beck uh, was also essentially uh, had the coordinator title pulled away from him. Not that that means anything because he hadn't been calling plays, but still uh, Tim Beck does not look like he may not be uh, with Texas uh, after the bowl game. And also to Corby Macon's Uh, The inside receivers coach will also go from a coaching role to an administrative role uh, next season, presumably sticking with the team. So here I am with Kirk Bowles and Cedric Golden. And boys, lots of changes yesterday. We knew changes were coming. And said, let's start with you coming to us from the palatial uh, Golden Compound out in Peaville. You're calling in here uh, because your helicopter couldn't make it to the studio today. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but tell us, tell us your thoughts about what happened on uh, Bloody Orange Sunday.
1: Man, I know that was a bloody, bloody Sunday. I, I, I'm going to get it right to it because we've already discussed this off the air. Uh, I didn't think he was going to fire his boy Todd Orlando. I didn't. I thought I thought that uh, Tim Beck would go and a couple of underlings like Maringer and and maybe Corby, but I did not think he was going to fire Todd Orlando. Uh, I don't know I, I know the numbers say he should have and no one's gonna gonna throw up a red flag and go why because they were so bad on defense but Doug I just thought he was gonna give Orlando another year.
2: Well I think it shows Tom gets it and uh, this was big time damage control and uh, when you're in damage control you need scapegoats and uh, if he had fired just a couple of assistants, you know, I don't think that would have served him very well uh, with the Longhorn Nation. And uh, like I wrote Friday, I think he should have changed both coordinators because, we, as all three of us know, you know, Tim Beck has not been the de facto coordinator on offense for the last
0: two years. So that was cosmetic.
2: So he, yeah, but he was already showed, I don't trust you to call plays. You know, Tom Herman is the play caller. And then as far as Todd Orlando goes, I think Todd's an excellent coach. It wasn't working here, and I thought it had two very mediocre years last year. It's like every fourth quarter was a, you know, bite your fingernails disaster waiting to happen. And then this year they were just, I mean, they were on a school record pace as far as giving up yards, and they just were not good. And two years of that, it's it's a trend.
0: Well, I mean, my biggest thing is, uh, and I agree with said, I did not. Think Orlando was going to get fired. Uh, I I wrote in our story today that I thought it was a the shocking move was firing Orlando. Kirk disagrees with that, and and I and I understand that. But just I just truly believed that when you looked at the injuries across the board in the secondary, um, that he was going to basically say uh, that Herman was going to basically say, oh well, everything was fine, and and it wasn't. But the fact that he did not, the fact that Tom didn't stand pat and stick with his guy. Let's be honest. That's his friend. Sure. He doesn't get the Texas job without Todd Orlando in Houston. Not. Probably not. Right? The fact that Tom Herman made this move to effectively get rid of both coordinators, that tells you that this head coach is taking this very serious.
2: And he has to because, uh, you know, if he hadn't, you know, I'm not sure if the anger level could have risen any higher than it already is. But – you know he's got the target on his back now. You know we've all talked about his one get out of jail free card, and now he's used it. So, you know we were talking in the office before we started the podcast is what would get him fired next year, and uh, I don't know. I think six and six would. I don't know if
0: seven five would or not, but it would not be pretty. Said that that's that's one of my questions to you. Now that Tom has made uh, these types of moves, what has to happen in twenty twenty? For him to make it to 2021,
1: it just it just has to be incredible, incredibly much better. And I can't talk today, but I just think it's when you when you get rid of Todd Orlando, and I, I still don't understand why he kept back. You're going to pay back that kind of money to to just be about uh, the coordinator. So I think I think that Beck may go after the bowl game. But what it does is it just shines the spotlight even more on Tom Herman. Uh, he of the 5700000 million-plus-million-dollar uh, bonus on Christmas Day, it just puts a light on him that if it doesn't happen next year, it's not going to happen. And, uh, guys, I, I really think that when you look at the success of Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma and then Matt Rule, my pick for National Coach of the Year, in Baylor, that makes it even worse because Tom Herman, is making more money than those guys. And those guys uh, seem, seem to have a grasp on what's going on in the Big 12. Those guys are are getting mentioned uh, in, in the kind of uh, discussions for National Coach of the Year, uh, bringing in all-American teams, Heisman Trophy winners, those kind of things. And the Texas uh, program is taking a step back. And that's a direct reflection on Tom.
0: Well, to me, that's the most interesting thing about all this going forward. I mean, Kirk... Uh, you know, and said we uh, we should talk about you know kind of hot candidates that are out there, na- realistic names that they that they'll chase after, and we'll get to that in a moment. But my question to both of you is this: Let's say that they did hire Graham Harrell, or that they did hire even Chris Ash, or whoever Tom picks for any one of these coordinator positions. Kind of building off what Cedric just said, Kirk, does it matter in in, in the grand scheme of things? Because it does feel like this whole thing. Is the Tom Herman experience win, lose, or draw next season?
2: Well, I definitely think it matters because I believe in coaching. And I think, you know, we've seen it matter with, you know, Matt Ruatt Bader. We've seen it work at Iowa State with Matt Campbell. With Lincoln Riley, you could argue they're better after Bob Stoops. And who would ever have thought that? I mean, they're perennial. Get in the CFP every year. Develop a quarterback into a Heisman Trophy, not candidate, but winner. And Jalen Hurts is probably, by most objective uh, measurements, would be top three or top four for the Heisman this year. Who does that three years in a row? It's about development. And that even goes back before game planning and play calling and what schemes you use. And we haven't seen the development of players Cause you can look at the nfl just a couple years ago what was it they didn't even have anybody drafted you know the first time in like 50 years and we're not seeing you know the influx of a lot of nfl players we see some mostly on the defensive side a lot of defensive backs but you don't see quarterbacks going to the nfl and starting and excelling you don't see wide receivers you know excelling um, you don't see running backs just you know tearing it up like a you know, LSU and Alabama, Josh Jacobs, uh, Derek Henry. So it's very important for development and recruiting. And they seem like they've got the recruiting down because they've had two third-ranked drafted classes. And this one's ranked, what, seventh? You know, so it's right like, now. Right headed, now. Yeah, they're headed toward a top. So you have three top 10 national recruiting classes and you're still not winning. That's coaching development. Development you know what? To me.
1: I, I really, I'm glad you brought recruiting up because Matt Rule said something interesting uh, today to the media. He said recruiting is not about rankings or recruiting services. It's about finding guys that can play. Sure. And yep. We know Texas has guys who can play uh, based on what they did at the high school level. But you got to coach them up and. I'm surprised that, that they haven't coached them up as well. Now, Sam Ellinger, to me, uh, his improvement has been drastic. The coaches should get that credit. Devin DuVernay, the coaches should get that credit. But then, but then you have guys that, that aren't as good as we thought they might be. So uh, particularly defensively, when you, when you look at uh, the third worst defense in the history of the school, that's Orlando. That's, That's not good. Tom. That's not good. And, Kirk, I, I love what you said. I believe in coach. I do, too, Doug. And it works both ways. Either you coach them. You can coach uh, average players to be good, or you can coach good players to be average. And I think Texas has been the latter this
2: past year. That, you're right, Sid. That's the, been the biggest mystery, like, the last 30 years at Texas. Why do they only have sporadic uh, signs of great seasons? You know, Mac owned the 2000s and you know if colt mccoy doesn't get hurt i think all three of us are probably thinking maybe texas is alabama instead of alabama being alabama but the last 10 years they haven't won a big 12 championship they lose four games or more every year you know it's a bad trend
0: but see th- and this is why i will push back on anyone who tries to say that this season was flat ruined by injuries. No, I agree. I mean, I I will push back on on those people all day long. And the reason why is this. The injuries were concentrated in the secondary. There's no question about that. But the front seven remained healthy all year. The front seven that could not generate a pass rush from the defensive line. The front seven... line was pretty healthy, too. Exactly. The offensive line was healthy all season. Receiving core uh, outside of Colin Johnson... Was okay. Running back, they had a running back had a terrible August, no doubt about it. But they had healthy choices, especially when Roshan moved Roshon Johnson moved over uh, there. So they they were healthy in enough important positions that you cannot say injuries ruined the team. And and again, based on what you guys are saying, you don't have back to back third ranked recruiting classes, and then turn around and go, oh well, everybody got hurt. It, no, it, it doesn't work like that. Now, when you have eighty-five players, you got a lot of players. They, how many? How many can they play at one time? So only eleven still, right? The Last I looked. Okay, so there's a lot of guys a, a on great, that roster. Great
1: teams, yeah, yeah, great teams reload. They they got guys ready to play. Absolutely. So, well, I uh, mean, your, your Texas that should never be an excuse.
2: I don't want to make this just a Baylor podcast, but Baylor lost its middle linebacker. You know, mid-season he was he was the mid-season All-American. Their, two of their three running backs were hurt and played hurt most of the year. They lost their left tackle for a month. Everybody has injuries. All three of us know that. It's how you do in
0: spite of those injuries. Okay, before we turn this into the Sikkim confidential, <laughs> alright let's, <laughs> let's hit on some other quick points, other quick important notes okay. here. Uh, again, Texas will learn its bowl destination uh, most likely on Sunday, championship Saturday uh, all all the uh, teams are playing uh, for for uh, for jewelry on Saturday. Oklahoma and Baylor are going at it uh, at AT and T Stadium in Arlington, and we'll talk about them briefly here and coming up in a second. But Kirk, it's looking like mm-hmm. uh, Alamo, eh, maybe depending on how the CFP shakes out. Right, Camping World Bowl most likely, and then you have Texas and Liberty. You've been talking to these bowl reps. Uh, you're you're a camping world lean right now, I think. I am, even though their guy tells me, we're not leaning in any direction, but, boy, there's a lot to
2: like about Texas. And they've never had them, and I think they want them. And it's a great trip to Orlando. I think Texas fans might get a little excited about a, a better destination than San Antonio or Houston. Uh, slight chance of the Alamo if uh, – for some reason, if Baylor and Oklahoma both got in New Year's Six Bowls, which is unlikely, then the uh, Alamo Bowl would be sitting there having to pick Texas, K-State, or Iowa State, who they had last year. So in Orlando, the Camping World Bowl has the pick after the Alamo, and I just don't think they'd let uh, let it pass by a chance to get Texas. And uh, Notre Dame is still in the mix, uh, they told me today. And the other two – and that's the other thing. I don't think they'll get Notre Dame. And if you get Virginia Tech or Wake Forest, you probably need a name brand like a sure. te- Texas. Yeah. So I think that enhances Texas' chances. And North Carolina's a long shot.
0: Sid, where do you want to go bowling?
1: I don't. I really don't want to go see the mouse. But you know what? If i got to go see the mouse, I'll go see the
0: mouse. But, He'd uh, like to see you.
2: This, this
0: season, this no, see he, no, he would have his hand out for he us. Would. He, he would. The mouse has oh, his hand right. out, no that's doubt. That's right.
1: This season has been so bad. I mean, think about <laughs> where we were at the beginning of the season, guys. I mean, we duck. We we sat there at our desk and we're like, man, ten and two or nine and
2: three. I know we, we been really back vast. and forth. We
1: vacillated for we a month back and for exactly for a month, and then we finally pulled the trigger. And what did Danny Davis have him at? Eight and four.
0: Eight and four. Uh-huh. I had nine and three. Yeah, we're oh, we're always so too rosy. To-
1: I think I think it's probably going to be the mouse, but uh, I would rather stay in state, get it
2: over with
1: in this thing, and get ready for spring football.
0: Well, for those of us who uh, have to write on deadline. The Camping World Bowl is December 28th at 11 a.m. Central Time. you got to like it. Noon Eastern. Uh, we we, we love that. Uh, the Camping World Bowl on December 28th. So we, Once again, Texas learns its official bowl destination on Sunday. So let's talk real quick about Championship Saturday. Oklahoma and Baylor, two teams that have had very good years. Uh, Jalen Hurts for the Sooners, Charlie Brewer for the Sickums. uh Said, let me start with you. Uh, who do you like in this matchup, and why?
1: You always go with the better team, and it's Oklahoma. And uh, I love what Matt rules done at Baylor, and uh, you know it's just great to speak with it, speak about him on today's Sickum podcast. But um, <laughs> I think I think uh, you go with the better team. I think overall OU has more playmakers. I think Jalen Hurts, if he can avoid the turnovers, uh, will play will play really well uh, at Jerry World but uh, I, I do believe it's going to be um, a lot closer. I don't think it's going to be any team up 28-3 to at any point. If I'm Baylor, though, I'm kind of confident because you were up 28-3 on OU, so uh, it will be an interesting game, but I'm going to have to give the nod to the Super.
2: Kirk, where you at? Yeah, I favor Oklahoma as well. I think they've got more on the line. I think Baylor would still have a really hard chance to get in the CFP. If they beat Oklahoma but Oklahoma's got their household brand name going for them with only uh uh one was it two point loss to k state in which they came back and almost won it so uh like you hit on it with the ball security of Jalen hurts if he doesn't you know cough up the ball three times in Waco you know uh Bears got no chance in that game so uh, I just think Oklahoma's the better team has more weapons and we'll probably get it done in Arlington.
0: Oklahoma definitely uh, seems to me they're going to be really fired up, especially knowing that they did fall behind by 25 points uh, in Waco. They don't want to let that happen again. Uh, Texas fans, you're probably not going to want to like this. But, yes, I'm going to go ahead and pick Oklahoma as well to win yet another title. My advice to the Bears would be watch out for the corner blitz. I would say. (laughs) Especially around your goal line. Especially on the goal line. If you're back up against the goal line, watch out for the corner blitz uh said we're going to wrap this thing up here um once again we got to touch on it one more time big big sunday for tom herman uh, big big future you know as they need to wrap up recruiting here early signing day is december 18th they need to finish strong to keep this recruiting class which is currently ranked seventh in the country together what are some of your final thoughts on uh, tom herman and the longhorns at this time
1: I just think, um, if Graham Harrell wants to come to Texas, go get Graham Harrell. Um, he's, he's a, he's a great passing game type coach. You're not gonna, I don't think you're gonna get Joe Brady. I think uh, LSU's gonna throw up just that boatload of money his way. And, uh, defensively, man, that's, that's the, that's the one. Uh, Ash is not a, is not a bad choice, but, uh, I, I just don't know who you go get defensively. I don't think you're going to get Dave Miranda. What do you think, Doc?
2: No, he makes two and a half bills at uh, Baton Rouge, and uh, I'm told that you uh, he's
1: not he's not eight hundred thousand more better than uh, Todd Orlando. Well, he
2: might be, but it, it might be worth trying, especially since it's not our money. But uh, it's never our <laughs> money. I am told that they are probably going to promote, uh, maybe promote Joe Brady to co-oc, even though he already calls the plays, but he only makes four hundred grand. And Ensmeger's around 800 or 900. I'm told they may try to make that pool for the two co OCs uh, more in the neighborhood of Dave Aranda, which means Joe Brady may go from making 400 to a million in uh, like six quick months. So uh, I'm like you. I, I like Graham Harrell. He was at North Texas, did well with uh, uh, find the quarterback uh, there under Seth Littrell and. He knows the Big 12, obviously former Texas Tech, Tech quarterback, caused them a lot of heartache. But uh, I, I think, uh, you know, he knows the state of Texas better than Joe Brady. Joe Brady is a William & Mary guy who was a GA at Penn State. So uh, I think if you can put your eggs in Graham Harrell's basket, that's where I would put them. Guns up indeed. You I, know what, though? What's you, that?
1: you don't have to don't have to be from this state to, to get it done. <laughs> Matt, Matt Rule doesn't know anything about this state. Look what he's doing.
2: No, you don't have to, but it it doesn't hurt either if you have some
0: Texas roots. Well, I know where you can uh, get yourself rooted in some of the best chicken, (laughs) hand-breaded chicken, and fresh-made salads ever stop by your neighborhood zaxby's today <laughs> or order online at zaxby's.com <laughs> stop laughing forward slash podcast oh, this
1: has been long,
0: longhorn confidential we appreciate everybody listening all season long and remember you can read everything as everything unfolds at hookham.com this has been longhorn confidential